chapter 2, verse 22 to 24 today. Um, what did we cover in last week's class? We're explaining what Atman is, Brahman, God, what, it, uh, what the qualities of God is. He said the Atman is not killed when the body is killed. We're going to have a better understanding of that today in verse 22. Atman never dies. And we are all, all humans are the Atman. So we never die. So what is there to grieve over? Interesting. What is there to grieve over if Atman never dies? He said a pot can be broken, but it cannot destroy clay. He said, no matter what happens in the dream, the dream can end, but the dreamer cannot destroy the mind. Similarly, Atman, the I, cannot be destroyed by killing the body, mind, intellect. So Krishna is saying to Arjuna, look Arjuna, if you understand that Atman never dies, Atman doesn't kill anyone, neither can it be killed, then what is the problem? Stop, stop grieving. Get on with your duty. But the problem is Arjuna is still dejected. He doesn't understand. His mind is in a quandary. And Krishna's words are going over his head. So we have... Four more verses of this deep knowledge of Atman. And some of it may go over our head, which is fine. Knowledge of Atman, Brahman, self, God. Remember, whenever we use these terms, they all mean the same thing. They're all cinnamon, 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 cinnamon. I can't say the word. I'm thinking of cinnamon instead. <laughs> cinnamon. It all means the same thing whenever we use these terms. So four more verses of this deep knowledge, this deep knowledge of Atman Brahman, which I said comes directly from the Upanishads. But from verse 26, we're going to do verse 26 today. Verse 26, Krishna tones it down. He starts giving a more simpler explanation to Arjuna of what Atman Brahman is what birth and death is, etc. Because he knows Arjuna is not understanding any of it. So now he's going to tone it down from verse 26, which will be in the next class. It'll be easier to understand. So the, the next verse we're going to cover now today, verse 22. This verse gives you a good understanding of the process of what happens to a person when they die. If you only understand this verse in your whole study of the Gita, it can change your whole attitude in life. Why? Because with this understanding, you would no longer be fearful of death. We're all fearful of death. Not only us dying, but others dying. But if you understand this verse today, there's no reason for you to fear death anymore. In fact, you welcome death. 
So we're going to spend a bit of time understanding this particular verse. Verse 22. Any questions before we begin? Okay. Vasam sijirnani Vasam sijirnani yathavihaya Navani girnati naroparani Tathasharirani vihaya jirna Nyanyani samyati navani dehi Vasam sijirnani yathavihaya Navani girnati naroparani Tata sharirani vihaya jirna nyanyani samyati navani dehi. Just as a man casting off worn out garments puts on new ones, so the embodied casting off worn out bodies enters new ones. So, what does this mean? We're gonna go back to a bit of basics because there's quite a few new people who've joined since um, the last couple of books we did. So we're gonna go down to basics and it's really good to understand the basics again for all of us, because I really need, want you to understand this first thoroughly. Uh, Ravi, could you put up the um, diagram, please? What is a human being? One minute, I'm just getting it ready. We're going to explain what the composite of a human being is. Can everyone see that? Yeah. Great. So this is a human being. This is you. This is me. This is everyone in this world. This is what we are all made up of. And I'm going to go through it systematically. Human comprises of the gross physical body, which is where it says body, mind, intellect. On the left-hand side, it says body there. The gross physical body, which houses the organs of perception and organs of action. Organs of perception on the left-hand side is your nose, ears, taste, touch, eyes, you take in the world through these organs. You see the world, hear the world, taste, touch, see the world. You take in the world through these organs of perception. And then you react with the organs of action, which is your feet, arms, speech. And you react back to the world. Then in the middle, we have the mind. The mind feels, has emotions. It has likes and dislikes. I am happy. I am sad. I like this. I don't like that. This is all in the mind. Then on the right-hand side, we have the intellect. Intellect is what thinks, logic, reason, and you have two intellects. It's, it's got gross and subtle there. Without going into too much detail, the gross intellect thinks of the world. The subtle intellect thinks of reality, what's beyond this world, God, Brahman, Atman. Whenever you think beyond this world, you're using your subtle intellect. That's why some people are more spiritual than the other. Some people are more gross, more worldly. All I'm interested in is making money, all I'm interested in is being famous, etc. That's all the gross intellect, worldly thoughts, subtle intellect, thoughts of reality. And then at the top, you have vasnas, the seed of your personality, makes up the person you are, creates your nature. He is so selfish, 
selfish vasanas. She is so spiritual, spiritual vasanas. You are what your vasanas are. Then at the top, you have self, Atman, Brahman, God. And the self enlivens your whole personality. Any questions? Just uh, shout out because I can't see all of you. So does anyone have any questions on this chart? It's important that you follow it. Now, further division. We can divide this chart, this human being, into three bodies. You have the physical body on the left-hand side where it says body, a physical body which we all see in the mirror. That is the gross body. Then you have the subtle body which you cannot see in the mirror. This is made up of the mind and intellect. That makes up your subtle body. The reason it's called subtle body is because it's more subtle than the gross body, the physical body. Then you have the causal body, which is where the vasanas are at the top. That is your causal body. And the reason why it's called the causal body is because it is the cause, the seed of your personality. So a human being is made up of the physical body, subtle body, and the causal body, which are all enlivened by the self. So in this verse, it says, just as a man casting off worn out garments put on new ones, so the embodied casting off worn out bodies enters new ones. Embodied is the subtle and causal body, the mind, intellect, and vastness. So this is a human being. Any questions? Maybe we could take away the diagram, please. Does everyone understand that? I broke it up as simplest as I can. Arunabhin, does it make sense? Deepabhin? Dharmesh? Yeah? Human being? is made up of the gross body, subtle body, causal body, and living by the Atma. So, in this verse, Krishna is comparing clothes to the physical body. He says, we change our clothes when they are worn out. They become old and buy and wear fresh new clothes. Krishna is saying in the same way, when the body becomes old and diseased, it can no longer serve us, no longer fulfill our vasanas, our desires. Therefore, we change our physical body for a new one. So birth and death is comparable to changing your old clothes for new clothes. Similarly, we are changing our old body for a new body. Any questions? And just as the person who wore the old clothes and change it for the new clothes, wearing the new clothes, it's the same person. When you change your clothes, you are still the same person. Similarly, when you change your old body for a new body, you are the same person. Same personality. It is, the only, only, it is only the physical body that dies. Only the body is discarded. The gross body. So, upon death, the causal body, i.e. the vasanas, the seed of your personality, the subtle body, i.e. the mind and intellect, leaves the old body and takes birth in a new body. And all this takes place in the medium of Atman. 
Atman does not move from one body to another body. Atman is all-pervading everywhere. So when we say uh, Atman Nishanti Male, we don't, that doesn't make sense. Atman doesn't need Shanti. Is there any questions before we continue? It's important that you understand that. Does everyone understand it? So, another example is given, which we have covered before. He's saying, take the reflection of the sun in a mirror. The sun's rays are all pervading everywhere. The sun's shining now, it's all pervading everywhere. There is just one sun above. But in each reflection, there seems to be an individual reflected sun. The reflected sun takes on the properties of the reflecting medium, meaning the mirror. The sun seen through a blue mirror appears blue. Through a dirty mirror, dirty. A cracked mirror, it will reflect in a different way. The sun reflecting through a small mirror, a, large, a small reflection. A big mirror, a huge reflection. But regardless of the reflection, the sun in the sky remains the same, correct? Pure, unconditioned by the qualities of the mirrors that it reflects. And it's saying similarly, there is just one all-pervading Atman. The mind and intellect acts like a mirror. Different personalities. Your inherent vasanas, desires, are like the metal film coated at the back of a mirror, which gives the mirror its appearance. So that's why everyone is different, because of their different vasanas. The mind, intellect, vasanas rests within a physical body as a mirror rests in a frame. So what does that mean? What does that mean? The mind, intellect, vasanas rests within a physical body as a mirror rests in a frame. So Atman appears through a person as an individual human being. Atman is in all of you, but you are all different. Selfish, unselfish, kind, aggressive, evil, good. Atman is the same in all of you, just like the mirrors reflect in different ways. You all reflect the Atman in different ways because of your vastness. Each individual person takes on the qualities of their mind, intellect, vastness. A lot to take in, I know. But like the sun, Atman remains ever pure and uncontaminated. No matter how evil you are, Atman is pure. Even Hitler, Atman is pure. So what happens when we die? When a mirror is removed from one frame, the frame, is, frame has cracks in it, it's breaking. You take you open it up, the frame, and you take the mirror out and you mount it in a brand new frame. What happens? The sun reflected, the sun reflected, disappears from the old frame and appears in the new frame. Similarly, when the subtle and causal bodies, meaning your vasanas, mind and intellect, move from one gross body to another, the first body dies and the second is born. This cycle goes on until all the desires in the individual are exhausted and a person reaches the state of self-realization. Any questions? This is the process of birth and death. So who decides when to change the body? Any idea? Who decides that this body is old now and of no use to me. Who decides? 
Dermish? I suppose we decide because our vastness can't be fulfilled. So we may not actually know that we're deciding, but our vastness tell us that they can't be fulfilled. So it's time to leave. Krishna says, is it you yourself that decides? Your own mind and intellect, your personality that decides, it's time to change. I've had enough. I'm stuck in bed, can't move, can't do anything. I've had enough. Take me away. Time to change. My partner's causing me so much grief. God, take me away. I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. So it's you that decides. Yeah, Shashi. Um, just based on like what you said that you decide. So what happens when someone has like a, a sudden death that's not expected? Then it's, it's difficult to understand that they decided that. Like they could be, um, say, even in their 50s or something like that, and they just have like a massive heart attack and they die. Or if their body gets... Um, an illness that's incurable and they, they, they could be of any age, then how would how can we say that the body decides that? Because they still have like plenty of life in them and they're not ill or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously if you get an illness, you do, but it could be something where you've got an illness that's terminal, but you've got such a short time, so you didn't really know about it. Or mm. Yeah, um, good question. But um, it, the body doesn't decide. Just one discrepancy. You said the body, when, well, you know, how does the body decide? The body doesn't decide, yeah? Just yeah, to clarify. I mean, yeah. No, I know what you meant. Uh, just for the record, I wanted to clarify so that people don't get the wrong idea, that's all. So somebody passes away of a heart attack at 50 or 40, uh, they had more life in them. Um, why is it that they've decided to change? That's your question, isn't it, Shashi? Yeah? Yes. Any ideas, guys? Anybody can? Dermish? So we're here to fulfill our desires or act out desires. So we may have a desire that needs acting out, but our bodies or minds are in a situation where they can't fulfill it. Mm -hmm. And if it's long as desire, then it needs to be fulfilled. So if you're unable to fulfill it, you're going to die to fulfill it. Okay. Sounds odd, but that's how it works. Yeah, very good. Anybody else want to add something to that? Why is it that some people die young? Is it because uh, we don't have anything more to give in this life? What to give? Uh, you've you fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled in this life, and you continue into your next. So that's why you choose to go. Interesting. Um, yes and no. Um, if you fulfilled everything, um, then and you got no more desires, then you'd be self-realized, which is a possibility. Yeah, which is a possibility. You could come in this life with very few desires, yeah, 25, you're dead. You've got no more desires, you've reached moksh. So that's one possibility. Yeah, Shilabin. Um, the other possibility is that, let me give you an example. A person is born as a male, but they have strong desires to be female. They're in the wrong body. They may choose, knowingly or unknowingly, to end their life so they can come back, fulfill their desires as a female. Just a, it's just an example that came to me just now. An extreme example, but drives home the point. So she, they're frustrated in their body they are. Their vasanas are all 
based on how a female would be, but they're in a male body, frustrated. They may, the, their subtle body may decide, call it a day, reborn as a female to fulfill their vastness. That's one extreme example. Or their vastness, like you said, at 50, 55, they may have passed away with a heart attack. Because their vasanas cannot be fulfilled, as Dharma said, in that body. We don't know what vasanas desires they have. We don't know what they have. Another extreme example I'm going to give you. They have, may have vasanas to kill. But they cannot kill. It's against the law. But they have these strong desires to kill. That's all, can, all they can think of. They may come back as an animal, possibly to fulfill that desire. It's extreme examples I'm giving you just to drive home the point. Ravi, you had a question. I mean, my, my perception here is that it's when we sort of break it down to like a vehicle, you buy a car and it, you know, for a certain time it fulfills its function, but being a gross, you know, physical item, it may have malfunction. So hence, you know, your gross body will have malfunction, i.e. disease, cancer, and that. That's not your mm. Atma and soul. Your Atma and soul will then have to move on for a new vehicle for it to fulfill it. So it could, you know, it, it's not, I, I don't, my, my perception is that you, the body, the vehicle itself is not sufficient. So hence yeah. it can erode, it can get diseases and so forth. Yeah, possibly. But a, a healthy person can die. You know, in COVID, we've had so many healthy people who passed away, footballers, bodybuilders, and they died of COVID. The time was up in this particular body. Whatever desires they had were fulfilled by this body. Their additional desires they have cannot be fulfilled by this body. So they decide, enough's enough. I need a new life. And that's how it functions. Says, Krishna says, it is you yourself that decides, your own mind and intellect, your personality that decides that it's time to change. So why grieve? As we said, death is like a promotion. It allows you to continue in your next life, exhausting your vasanas, your desires. We'll get a fresh new body, get rid of this old worn out body. And this change from one body to another is referred to as reincarnation. Oh, no, Jyoti had a hand up as well, sorry. Jyoti? I'm sorry, I don't see her. Is she Hi, not on? Hi. Hi, sorry. Hi. Morning. Um, I just wanted to give an example of uh, and, you know, by no means is this is to upset anybody. Uh, but as you all know, my own father passed away last year from COVID. So I just wanted to ask you how you can relate how we as his family are left behind to deal mm -hmm. with the fact that when, mm -hmm. for example, what Shashi Ben said about people who are taken in shock or in mm -hmm. like, you know, sudden heart attacks, the same with my father. And then yeah. I get it in that way where Dharmesh says that, you know, that was his, um, uh, like your vasnas and what you just said as well, that, you know, the COVID can be an excuse and when your time is up, your time is up. Yeah. But that's my dad. So my dad has left, whether it was his time is up, whether it was his vasnas, whatever, but the people yeah. left behind in that shock where there's yeah. no... Um, uh, you know we don't get any solace from knowing that sometimes it, where my mum might because you know she's from an older generation but uh yeah. when me and my brother are not non-religious I'm actually quite religious but I still don't mm -hmm. get any solace saying, knowing that that's because his time was up his time was up it was just yeah. a very cruel way to be taken and no matter what anyone you know, no matter, like, you know, I come on these classes every day for the past 18 months, every week, I mean, but it's just really hard. It's just really hard. Yeah, and I, I totally understand. You can relate 
or how it can even anything can make it better like i would like your in your opinion or everyone's what everyone says is 100 correct because it's how you take it but yeah. if i could just tell you from my experience that it's just really hard it really is yeah i totally understand where you're coming from jody thank you for sharing that with us um and um i don't we don't want to go into the debate of it um but jody all i can say is that grief has a time span okay your grief is less than what it was 18 months ago yeah and it takes time it takes different people different time different times and it's our own attachment that creates this and as you gain more knowledge for example this verse we covered it's not going to take away your grief but by understanding for example this verse if you understand it thoroughly it will alleviate a small percentage of that grief see and i actually agree with you and it get by it is true like you're right nothing takes away my grief even though it's 18 months later but yeah. The list, like you know, the, when we were doing the Vedanta in the beginning, and now going on to the Bhagavad Gita, and I've already read, I've already read the Bhagavad Gita, so I already know, and I watch, and I'm really heavily into also uh, Krishna and his teachings, to give yep. me the peace that I have right now, 18 months later, and you're right, it does, it doesn't take away the grief, nope. but it helps a little bit with my healing and peace. It does. Absolutely, absolutely. You see, now today we covered in class that. A person, Krishna says, we decide when our time is up. How are we going to die? We don't know. But we decide that our time is up. So that can, we can be promoted into a new, fresh body so we can continue our life. Yeah. And who's to say how long a person should live? It's not written anywhere. 100 years ago, if you lived up to 50, you were fortunate. He's had a long life at 50. Yeah. Due to med medicines, development in medicines, cancer treatment, heart, heart treatments, etc. We're now all living up to 80, 90 years old, even more. So who's to say that everyone should live this amount of years? It's not written anywhere. Anikit, can I just share something really quickly? I don't want to take up a lot of the class. Well, sure. I just hope it helps with um, with these classes and stuff and what we're talking about. Um, 18 months. So when my dad and I, and by no means I want to make anyone upset, but uh, I can talk about this now openly without crying. But um, yeah. 18, when my dad was actually sick with COVID at home before going into hospital. Um, so, you know, when you say when we say that our body knows or Mm -hmm. we know when our time is he actually turned around and said to my brother that if anything happens to me i'm happy i'm content yeah. i've done what i wanted to i've seen my children grow up i've seen my grandchildren um my daughter is settled my son is settled i've done all he's done what his heart contented yeah. and i know no one knows this because we don't openly share it but i thought by sharing this maybe he just knew i don't know Absolutely. But you see, you just said that he knew and he was happy, content to leave. But we're still grieving because of our yeah. attachment. Yes, and absolutely. Attachment is what we need to eradicate through knowledge. For example, this verse reduces that attachment. We understanding that it is my attachment that's creating my grief. I'm not taking anything away from what you've said, Jyoti, but the bottom line is the more knowledge and understanding you gain about life and death, the more you will accept that my father's in a better place, he's been promoted in this process of life and death through reincarnation. I need to get on with my life and reduce my attachment. I love my father. No one's take that away from you. But you have to continue your life. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me share, Anikipa. No, not at all. Welcome, welcome. Arunabhin, you had your hand up. 
Jyoti, thank you for that. It was really, really helpful. Um, yeah, and my question was, if somebody's really ill and they are saying they want to go, and you saying, or, or we're saying that, you know, we decide, why isn't that person dying then? Because they may still have suffering. Their karma may still not take them away because they have to maybe suffer or live still X amount of years in this body. See, they could be suffering. They could have cancer. They could have dementia. They could have anything. Why are they not being taken away? They're 95 years old and they're still, why is it they haven't been taken away? We think it's good if they take the, the God takes the person away. Yeah. We sometimes think because they're suffering, but they're still not being taken away. And someone younger has been taken away who's nothing wrong with them. Why? Because their karma won't allow them to go. They still need to suffer or live this life in this body for whatever reason. You know, we sometimes feel sorry for them that they haven't passed away. They took such a young person away, but this elderly person who's suffering, why is she still alive? How can we even answer that question? We can't unless we have this understanding that karma works in this way. It's immaculate. Cause and effect works in this way. This is the reason. Vanita. So does this same thing apply to when you take your own life, like when you commit suicide? How does that work? Is that the same thing? I don't know. Like that's it doesn't make sense then because you're forcing yourself to leave your body. If I'm honest with you, um, as far as I know, and please don't quote me, um, suicide is not something that is condoned by um, our scriptures. Yeah, I get that, but I don't understand in this context how that would work. We can't answer that. In the sense that we have to just take the fact that their vastness in this body can no longer be exhausted however their death, yeah? For them to commit suicide, they have to be extremely unhappy, yeah? Or they have to be completely um, uh, not with it, yeah? Mad, whatever you wanna call it, yeah? For them to take their, their own life. For someone to get to that stage, yeah? Life has to be pretty bad or they're mentally unstable. Regardless of what that is, for them to take their own life, they're unhappy with this in this body. So this is, this is how we can explain it. The, the law works in the same way, however you're deaf. Heart attack, stroke, car accident, suicide. What doesn't matter how you die. It's just the body that dies anyway. Your personality moves on anyway. So why are you crying? You've thrown your own clothes away. Are you crying because your old clothes have worn out and thrown them away? Are you crying for your old clothes? You give them to charity, you put them in the bin. You now have new clothes. Do you remember your old clothes? There you go. It served you well. They lasted a long time, your old clothes. But you're not attached to them, you throw them away. You're happy with your new clothes now. Wow, latest fashion. Those are old. Similarly, same thing. You have a new body, would you think of your old, your old personality, your old body? You wouldn't. So this is reincarnation. This is, and it isn't just uh, make-believe, it's not just someone made it. Even if you evaluate it scientifically, it stands any scientific scrutiny. Energy cannot go from something to nothing. Your desires, your vasanas, your emotions, your intellect, all those thoughts, it has to go somewhere when you die. It cannot disappear. Energy cannot disappear. This has to move on. Any other questions on this particular verse? It's important that you understand it because 
it'll it'll be really useful to you in any situation this particular verse you know someone passes away you're strong if you have this understanding you're strong you'll be able to deal with people who have issues with attachments and crying and you know all sorts of things you know you can't they're like arjuna you can't talk to them but slowly slowly you can be their pillar in these situations shilavan i'm going to share my experience when my yes. husband stepped in the ambulance also he said uh, goodbye and uh, he's happy he was very content at that moment when mm-hmm. he left and like uh, people say you know you grieve or you feel hurt and you feel anxious i would say my feelings weren't like that i was happy that we were happy together and it's his time for whatever mm-hmm. he chooses yeah so when he came back you know for us it was a a good joke like okay when he came i picked him up i said okay what was your desires that was that's brought you back home and that you've recovered we need to we need to know this and you need to fulfill your desires and according to what he feels now that he needed to do was a lot of seva in his own different ways and maybe that's yeah. why he's come back but with knowing the knowledge i i know myself that i dealt with it really well and holding everybody together in my with my children because you know we want hurt in fact we were happy that we need to be happy to help him whichever he wanted it not mm. how i want to help him or the children want to help him i think when we accept these things uh you you're not rocking the boat you're not mm. fighting against things and that was very beautiful mm. i think thank you for sharing shalom you can't fight it somebody else's vasnas their their desire to um finish this life no one can fight it we have to only accept it <coughs> and only through knowledge can you accept it otherwise the mind gets at, is feels the emotions attachment you know um and the issue is that we have to deal with it there's no two ways about it we have to deal with it and the quicker we deal with it the quicker we can get on with our lives otherwise you know we become no different we're sort of half dead dead ourselves if we if we stay in that look we have to mourn don't get me wrong we have to grieve the mind needs to grieve the mind needs to mourn is part of the process of recovering yeah you've been with someone for 50 years you can't just say okay time was up done doesn't work that way you have to grieve but that grieving process with knowledge and understanding will be shorter than without knowledge and understanding that's the difference and that's why this uh, verse is very important because it will take you through difficult times in life yeah, and that's why we've nearly spent the whole class discussing it Sashi. iPhone had their hand up as well. I don't know who that was. So who? iPhone? I don't know who, who I'm is not sure. um, my phone. Yeah, okay. Sashi? Um, I've witnessed someone who's transitioning over to the other side. So we've discussed that you choose to go for whatever reason, um, but this person actually... on their deathbed was actually fighting to stay when they're actually in the process of transitioning so mm-hmm. what's happening there then the mind is doesn't want to to leave the body so it's the mind that's fighting yeah. to stay yeah they could be hysterical they couldn't ha- they can't handle it you know there's no control uh, when their time is up their time is up there's not no we can't do anything you know all the latest medicines can't help people you know because um the time's up the body, the the personality wants to move on 
The mind doesn't accept it, it's attached to the body. What will happen to my partner? What will happen to my kids? What will happen to my business? What will happen to this? What will happen to that? Yeah, it's the mind's attachment to the, the world. Nothing will happen. They will continue in their own way. Your time is up. You're being promoted. He doesn't, that person doesn't understand that they're being promoted. That's the difference. You all now understand you're being promoted. Ignorance brings grief. Knowledge brings understanding and happiness. You know, and this is life. That's why we all, this manual, Bhagavad Gita is the manual of how to live life. It's not something when you're 70, you retire and you start reading it because you're tired, you know, God's going to take me. I better have some knowledge. I've been a good person. No, you should start reading this from when you're a teenager so that when you have problems in life, you can deal with it. There should be all youngsters here under 30, ready to take on the world with this knowledge. Not taking any away from you. You all got still a long, long way to go. So, <laughs> any other clarifications, questions? Uh, D, you had your hand up apparently. I can't see you on the screen. That's why I, I can't tell really. Okay. Anyone else has anything to add? So. I just, I just wanted to say, you know, we, we ourselves identify more with our body, mind and intellect than we do with our subtle body because it is so subtle. So we identify with our own body, mind and intellect more so and others body, mind and intellect. And because of that identification, it's the mind that grieves. Yeah. And that's why we, we grieve. And like you said, it is a process. <clears throat> um, and the more the subtle intellect understands this knowledge Absolutely. and the more of it the more of it that has surfaced it's not that we won't grieve we will mm. but but we'll have a better understanding behind our grief and allow that process yeah absolutely see you, you think about it logically someone passes away yes the intellect understands okay this person was 85 years old they had a good life, yeah. They had a heart attack and they passed away. Yeah, you understand that, don't you? We all understand that. But the mind doesn't understand it because what did we say in the beginning? Emotions, likes and dislikes, feelings. Yeah, the, so the mind doesn't understand that. So that's why the mind grieves. But intellectually understand. This person's been in bed for two years, suffering. Yeah. It's logical that they're going to pass away. But the mind doesn't. So intellectually, you understand it. But the mind doesn't, and therefore, you grieve. And in some, uh, in some uh, beliefs, they celebrate. They celebrate the life of the person who's departed. They have a party. Okay, um, Vigil? Um, I know like in previous classes we said that when we come like into our new life we have like a handful of asanas that we need to fulfill. So Vigil, can you repeat that? Uh, you're breaking up a bit. Um, so I know like in when previous classes we said that when we come into like a new life we have like a handful of asanas that we bring with us. So yeah. does that mean like so if you're saying that we have like some sort of element of choice when we end this lifetime does that mean at some point we know that like how much vastness we came with or that our vastness for this lifetime are up? Unfortunately not. Because if we did, we can really plan our lives, can't we? <laughs> but the problem is we come with X amount. We exhaust Y amount. But we also add Z amount. So where we are, we don't know. We could, and we could leave with more than we came with. Unless 
you actively pursue reducing them through knowledge, understanding. And how do we do that? In the Gita, it'll explain later chapters. Bhakti, karma, jnana. Devotional, service, sacrifice, knowledge. Through those three, which is based on your uh, kar um, the karma service based for your physical body, prayer, devotion based for your mind, knowledge for the intellect. Through those three avenues, you exhaust your vastness. You can exhaust your vastness if you actively do it. Then you know that you're reducing your desires, your vastness. In your next life, you may come with very few. You're actively now doing that. But without, doing, without actually pursuing reducing your vastness with, in, with, not, with understanding, you don't know where you are. Is that okay, Vigil? Yeah. Uh, please, go. I have a question then. So, I'm just, uh, I think it's more that I'm struggling to understand this a bit. Sure. We said in previous classes that we do have this vastness that we that we get born with, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we, we try and fulfill in this lifetime. Um, I understand the concept that we, we can reduce our vastness and we can add to our vastness, but that sort of gets added to our, let's say our, our grand total, our grand tally up there somewhere. Um, but my question is like, where does the element of choice come in? Because from my understanding or what I remember from our previous classes is at the point in our life, in this, in this lifetime, the vastness that we came to this earth with, at once those are, have exhausted, that's when we leave. Um, and that's when we will transition into a new, a new body or, or whatever to fulfill the next lot of vastness, right? So are you saying if we have a choice, if you're saying there's a choice, are you saying that if we came with, let's say, hypothetically, 100 vasanas, after 60, I could be like, okay, I'm done with this, I want to go to the next body. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand if that's the case. So, a couple of points here that you've brought up. You come, take birth with a certain amount of vasanas. You said 100 vasanas. Yeah. Those vasanas you're exhausting unknowingly throughout your life mm -hmm. then you come across this knowledge you understand now first time you hear the word vasanas you understand first time what vasanas are what your makeup is you have a better understanding of who you are what god is what your role in life is yes you understand my goal in life is to reach moksh and i believe that as a human being, this is my goal. You understand that what's coming between me and moksha is my vasanas, my desires. You understand that. Then you decide, okay, if that's the barrier, I need to reduce them. That's a choice that you have. To reduce them or not to reduce them. Yeah. You can carry on exhausting them, adding more. Or you can exhaust them and add no more. Or you can eliminate them even before you exhaust them. Those choices are yours. Depends on how strong your vasanas are, how strong your intellect is, how you can deal with it. Those are your choices. The spiritual text that has been handed down to us from great sages tells us how to do it. In the Gita, we'll be discussing it later. Each one individually, karma, bhakti, jnana, how to apply it in our life, how to reduce our vasanas. Yeah, it tells us we have a choice to follow it or not. So all those is free will, free choice, regardless of how many vasanas you came with. You can eliminate all your vasanas in one go in this lifetime if you wanted to, yeah, if you put enough effort in. That is your choice. Or you can come to all the classes, know everything, give a lecture on it, and do nothing. That's your choice. And that is based on self-effort. How much effort you put in to eradicate your vastness. So, so what you're saying is the choice is on our vastness, not the choice isn't actually that we want to change our, our physical body. No, it's your vastness. 
physical body is just your clothes, like your clothes. It's just a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So you have these choices. Your vasanas has brought you to this knowledge. Your vasanas has brought you to this class today. Correct? There's only 30 people here out of however many. Yeah. Your vasanas, all of you have brought you to this class to understand this knowledge. You would not be here if you did not have the vasana. Now, what you do with this knowledge is your choice. Only you can make the decision what to do with it. But your vastness has brought you to this. You understand, Kevo? Mm -hmm. You should be in South Africa. You've come early and you've come to this class. Your vasna allowed you to do that. So this is how it is. We can't explain everything because our mind and intellect cannot understand. We have to accept there are certain things beyond this world, beyond me, beyond my understanding that I may not understand. You have to accept that. No matter how, even Einstein said, my greatest, was it? Uh, I, I don't know what I know. Or not. Um, I know. The fact that how, so much knowledge out there and my knowledge, What's my knowledge compared to my ignorance? That's Einstein talking. And he was supposed to be the most intelligent person in, in, in the last 50, 60 years. He's saying, what is my knowledge compared to my ignorance? And how much knowledge he had. And so how are we supposed to understand everything? We have to accept whatever I understand, I understand. I'll put in self-effort to know more. And that's all down to your self-effort. How much you want to understand. Any other questions? Is okay, Carol? Visual? Yeah. Slowly we'll we'll you'll get it. See how much knowledge there is in one verse. We spent the whole hour discussing it. This is how deep some of these verses are. You know. Um, but if you take away everything we've said today, you change your life. So. I may not know what vasanas I have, but if I have a real vasana to improve, mm -hmm. okay, and make a self-effort on a daily basis to want that, is that good enough? Because I, I may not eliminate anything, but I have a stronger desire to be better than I was yesterday mm -hmm. and take real strides. So it's not necessarily eliminating any vastness, but it's a, I'm creating a new one, but a very strong desire to do that. Yeah. Is that good enough? It is good enough because you're, if you have a strong desire that I want to develop myself spiritually, yeah? which is what you're saying. You have a strong desire. I want to develop myself spiritually. What is this, this Gita is saying? I, I, I agree with it. It makes sense to me. And I want to, I have a strong desire now to pursue this. When you pursue this higher desire, all the lower desires start going away. Okay, I want to reach moksha. I want to uh, reduce my desires. I want to become more spiritual. Any desire doesn't, that doesn't go with that cause you're strong enough that self-effort will eliminate that. Okay, I want to get up at 4.30 and start studying. The desire to go and party till midnight. If your desire for that morning wake-up studying is stronger than your desire, is the strongest desire, then why would you go out and party? You know you're not going to get up at 4.30. What is the stronger desire? How strong is your mumakshatwa? which means desire for liberation, desire for moksha. How strong is that? And if that's strong, then you'd go and sit in a cave. I don't want to know anyone. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want anything. You see, you see the difference? Yeah, that's an extreme level. It is an extreme about, level. Every day, yeah. every, day what, every day, what is your desire? I want to become a better human being. 
Yeah. You'll eliminate all negativity or some of your negativity. I'm, I give a sort of uh, exaggerated view, uh, examples just to so you have a better understanding. But you walk the path. That's what I'm saying. Walk the spiritual path through knowledge and understanding. But you need faith as well. Any other questions? Yeah, Damesh, please. I think we should give the person a chance to read there. Oh yeah, forgot all about that. <laughs> Thank you, Damesh. Thank you, Damesh. A person casts away his worn out garments and puts on fresh ones periodically. Likewise, the embodied Dehi discards worn out bodies and takes on new ones. The word Dehi means that which is within the body, Deha. A human being consists of three bodies, causal, subtle, and gross. These bodies are enlivened by the Supreme Self Atman. The gross body is the physical body. The subtle body comprises mind and intellect. The causal body consists of the inherent seeds of one's personality called vasanas. Within the physical body lies the subtle and causal bodies and atman. The embodied could refer to the subtle and causal bodies. The embodied is said to cast off the old and enter new bodies. Since the all-pervading Atman cannot move, the embodied in this context cannot refer to it. Obviously, this refers only to the subtle and causal bodies. In death, the mind intellect, along with its inherent vastness, leaves the body to enter another body. The transference takes place in the medium of the all-pervading Atman. This phenomenon is like the reflection of the sun in a mirror. The sun's rays are all-pervading. There is just one sun above. But in each reflecting surface, there appears below a reflected sun, an individual sun. The reflected sun assumes the properties of the reflecting medium. The sun seen through a blue mirror appears blue through a dirty mirror, dirty, and so on. But the sun above remains immaculate and unconditioned by the qualities of the mirrors that reflect it. Similarly, there is just one all-pervading Atman. The mind intellect acts like a mirror. The inherent vasanas are like the metal film coated at the back of a mirror which gives the mirror its characteristics. The mind-intellect vasana rests within a physical body as a mirror rests within a frame. When this happens, Atman appears through it as an individual human being. The individual takes on the properties of the mind-intellect vasana. Atman remains ever pure and uncontaminated. When a mirror is removed from one frame and mounted on another, the, reflection, the reflected sun disappears from the old and appears in the new frame. So also, when the subtle and causal bodies move from one body to another, the first body dies and the second is born. When this transference takes place, it appears that Atman has moved from one body to another. Hence, the common belief that Atman moves in death. The concept of worn out, jinnani, garments, also has a significance. The wearer decides when he needs a change. Similarly, the subtle body determines the change of the gross body. When the physical body can no longer fulfill one's desires, the subtle body takes another body. 
so it is always the subtle body that chooses a new physical body. This cycle goes on until all the desires in an individual are exhausted and he reaches the state of self-realization. There we have it. Theory of reincarnation. It's a theory because no one's come back to confirm. Hence a theory. Any final question? Well, I hope you had a more clear understanding now of what the process of reincarnation is, birth and death. You know, um, it can alleviate a lot of uh, pressure by understanding this. Great. So um, Tuesday, if you want to discuss further this particular verse, think about it. And then write, if you have any questions, you know, try and post it on Monday or Tuesday morning so people can think about it and we can discuss it further or any general topic you want to talk about, we can do that on Tuesday. Okay, great. And uh, congratulations for being attentive to this. <laughs> no one's fallen asleep. And we'll see most of you next week.